Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, that's found on page 537. Somebody say praise God for page numbers. Amen? 537. We're going to read together. This is a story I want to talk to you about today. It's one of my favorite ones. I'm excited. I, matter of fact, I, I started to call you from Honduras to talk to you about this. Here it is. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Calpurnium, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowering the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are what, everybody? Doesn't that word sound good? Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking those, these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on what, everybody? On earth, that's right. To forgive sin. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, let's read what they said, everybody. Read it. We have never seen anything like this. Would you do me a favor? Would you hold your hands out like this, everybody? Would you bow your heads and would everybody please with me say this prayer out loud? Dear God, God, I'm here today. I open my mind and my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated, everybody. By the way, if you do not have a hard copy of the Bible in your home, in your home, please take the one that you just had in your hand home with you. We want to make sure that everybody has a copy of the Bible in their home. Well, we're beginning this brand new, or we're actually ending this series. Next week, we'll start another one because uh, next Sunday's Friend Day. And by the way, next Sunday, everybody, I need your help because we're changing our times. Remember, there's three times. There's 8.30, 9.45, and 11.30. So would you repeat the times with me? Let's do it. You ready? 8.30, 9.45, and 11.30. And just tell your neighbor, I'm going to be at 11.30. That's right. Just go ahead. I'm going to be here at 11.30. That's right. We appreciate you being here. We're trying to move some people out of our 9.30 service. So thank you so much for coming to this one. But I got to say today, you know, you guys are fired up today. I heard you singing and I was back there standing. I can't wait because uh, I love this enthusiastic crowd. Amen, everybody? The title of today's message is The Golden Rule of Friendship. The Golden Rule of Friendship. 
How many of you know in order to have a good friend, you have to be a good friend? If you don't have a good friend, that may be an indicator that you're not a good friend. Amen? So how can I be the golden rule of friendship? So there's two words. If you want to know the golden rule of friendship, there's two words that we've been saying, and we say it right here all the time. Can anybody guess what those two words might be? Do good. Do good. I see some of you with a T-shirt on. That's right. Do good. Do good. That is the golden rule of friendship is to do good. Matter of fact, we want to add a couple words to that. So there's five words I want you to remember today as we have our time together. And that is this. They're coming up on the screen. Would you say these words with me? Do good for my friend. Let's say that again. Do good for my friend. That's what it takes to have great friends is do good for my friend. And so today I want to go back into this story and share with you some principles from this story that help us to learn to be a good friend, to do good for my friend. Because friend day is coming next week and your friends are counting on you. So let's look back into the story again. I want to break it down because we learn these principles in uh, this story. It says this again, going back to the Mark 2 and 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Calpurnium, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And notice this. And he what, everybody? He preached the word. Don't you thank God for the word of God being preached. Amen, everybody. Look, look at me just a second. Countries come and go. Cultures come and go. Fads come and go. But the word of God still remains the same. Amen. That's why you can build your life on it. It worked 2,000 years ago and it's still working today. Amen, everybody. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Don't even tip me right now. I'm trying to control myself. The B-I-B-L-E. So the first thing I want to share with you, let's say our five words first. You ready? Come on. Do good for my friend. What are we saying, everybody? Do good for my friend. That's right. So the first principle is this. Number one is get in the presence of Jesus with my friend, with your friend. Get in the presence of Jesus with your friends. So look what happens here. It said this, some men came bringing to him, talking about Jesus, a paralyzed man carried by how many? Four. Four of them, since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, man, these friends are crazy. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by what, everybody? Digging through it. So, so you got to get, it was in their culture, in the Middle Eastern culture, it was a roof that was made of straw, so it was like mud, okay? So they dug through the roof, dug through it, and lowered the man on what? The mat. The mat. The man was lying on. In other words, this man's life was composed of living on a mat. A mat. This mat is where he lived his life. And today I can tell you that it, it, the mat represents a being confined. And I just want to tell you something that I've had some mat experiences myself. I want to tell you that when I was in kindergarten, <laughs> I 
I was put on the mat. On the mat, you couldn't have any snacks on the mat. You couldn't talk on the mat. You couldn't move on the mat. You couldn't even blink your eyes on the mat. I'm telling you, I was traumatized by the mat because I grew up in the country. And the way, when we grew up, were growing up, our parents told us, you get outside and you play and don't come back in this house until I call you, boy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There was no doing any of this. Back in our day, one of day would be the, the little paddle going up and down the stream. You might know a pong, right? That's all we had. None of that. No. And when I went to school, I was, so I was used to running around playing all the time. But when I went to school, they told me I had to take a nap on the mat. And I couldn't move on the mat. And I got in trouble because I couldn't stay on the mat. I didn't like the mat. Matter of fact, what kept me out of jail as a teenager is they threatened me and said, you go behind those bars and you get on the mat. <laughs> I could handle being behind the bar. I couldn't take the mat again. This man had a lot going on in his life, wrong in his life. Everything was against him. I don't know if he had had an accident and he uh, became paralyzed because of an accident or if he was born that way all we know is he was confined to the mat. And the mat was a place that he did not want to be because the mat reminded him of all his heartaches and what he could not do. But thank God this man on the mat had four friends. Amen, everybody? Amen. And thank God that those friends begin to ask the question, what would I want someone to do for me if I was on the mat? And one of those decided that the best thing to do is to get our friend that's on the mat with his mat to Jesus. Amen, everybody? Because we all need friends, right? Lean on me when you're not strong. Come on. on me. That's right. <laughs> Amen, everybody? Amen. You need somebody to lean on. Amen. That's why if you're ever going to get off the mat and your friends are ever going to get off the mat, they got to have somebody to help them off the mat. And the way you get them off the mat is you get them to Jesus. Amen. Let me tell you something in your life right now. There'll be different seasons in life that you'll get back on the mat. Bad things happen in our life and it seems like we get knocked down to the mat again, right? That's the thing about boxing and wrestling. You know, now you couldn't tell my grandmother that wrestling wasn't, was fake. She did not believe that. My grandmother loved wrestling. And they'd, they'd get slammed to the mat. And many of us feel like we get slammed to the mat. But what I want to tell you is this, is that you need a friend, somebody that can come along and help you get up off the mat. Amen, everybody? Amen. That's why, that's why we do groups in this church. I cannot, I cannot make a friend for you, but what I can do is give you opportunities to be around people where you might find a friend. 
Amen, everybody? I can't make a friend for you, but I can, we can give you opportunities to where you can get around people that you might make a friend. And that's what our groups are all about. So I'm going to ask you today, the best thing that I could do for you as your pastor is help you find a good Christian friend that can help you up when you get down on the mat. Amen, everybody? Amen. So that's why right now in your program is a group list. There's a list of groups. There's about 60 groups that we have that's going to be meeting all throughout the week. So you say, well, I can't meet on Monday. Well, you might meet on Sunday. I can't meet on Sunday, so you might meet on Tuesday. You see what I'm talking about? All through the week. There is no excuse for you not to be able to get into a group. So I want to challenge you now. Look at that, look at that catalog. Take it, check it on the connect, write the code number on your connection card, and let's get you in a group because one day you may be on the map. Amen? Amen. And that friend's going to come singing. Lean on me. Okay, that's right. That's enough of that. I can see it in your faces. That's enough. Sign up for a group. Okay. Remember our four words, everybody, or five words that we're saying today. Remember, do good for my... Let's say it again. Do good for my friend. So we see that these guys went to that man's house. I wonder what he was saying. Don't you? You ever read the Bible like that? What is he saying? I think that guy was saying, leave me alone. What are you doing to me? What are you trying to do to me? Leave me here. But they did everything. They got him to Jesus. Look what happens. Number two is this. Number two is remember it's faith in action that moves the hand of Jesus. Here we go. And we're going back into the story. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the what, everybody? The mat. the mat. The very thing they can find him, they lowered. They lowered the mat the man was lying on. Now, what's amazing to me is that these people were trying to get him to Jesus. And when they got to the house where Jesus was teaching, it was packed out. Matter of fact, and there was as many people outside as is in this room right now standing at the door. There was a crowd. And here these four friends come with this man on the mat. They got carrying the mat. And they're saying, please let us in. We got to get our friend to Jesus. But the crowd would not let them through. And so because of that, thank God that they didn't just sit there and say, well, I tried to get him there one time, but they didn't do that. No, they begin to think, what else can I do? And too many times in our spiritual journey, we say, I tried that one time. I tried reading the Bible one time. I tried praying one time. I tried giving one time. I tried it one time, and you tried one time, and you stopped, and therefore you are still on the mat. Because you tried it one time. Let me tell you something. Your faith is not about trying one time. It's about getting up every day and trying. Amen, everybody? Amen. And these friends decided, we got to do something. Aren't you so, so glad for impulsive friends sometimes? You remember those friends you had in school or high school, middle school, said, Wow, let's shave our heads. Woo, let's get a tattoo. Woo, let's do it. Let's run across the football field now. Some of you were that person, weren't you? I can tell right there. Yeah. And most of us are like, no, we ain't doing that. 
And they're always there. But thank God today for that impulsive friend that was there. Because when he went to the crowd, all of a sudden, and they couldn't get through, and they went over and loved him, he went, Woo! Let's go to the roof! Let's dig a hole in the roof! That's crazy, man! That's crazy! No, let's go! And the man on the mat going, No, 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 no! Put me through no roof. They carried him up there and put him through the roof. You see this, their faith. Let me tell you something. I guarantee you while they were digging a hole through the roof and all the clay was starting to fall, as Jesus was teaching, he just stopped and looked up. Everybody in the house looked up. What's happening? And all of a sudden, this man comes down on his mat. It was when Jesus saw their faith that the miracle began to happen. Look what the Bible says here. James 2 and 17 says this. In the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by what, everybody? Action. What is it? Yeah. In other words, you've got to put some action to your faith. What I want to tell you, faith that does no good is no good. Did you hear that, everybody? If your faith does no good, if it didn't propel you to action, it, it is no good. Faith that does no good is no good, everybody. Listen, it's time to quit talking about it and do your part. What can I do? Amen, everybody? Sometimes we need to stop praying and start moving. Mm, 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 mm. Let's move on. You can't handle it. I better move on. <clears throat> when, look at what the Bible says. Here we go. When Jesus saw their what, everybody? When Jesus saw their what, everybody? He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are what? Oh, stop right there. Why in the world did Jesus say you got to get, you, why did Jesus say you got to get it right spiritually before you get it right physically? Because you will never get it right physically until you get it right spiritually. Can I be your pastor and talk to you straight today? So would somebody say, preach pastor? Preach. All right, you asked me to. It's amazing how our culture today, we have something called gender confusion. That means that when a child is born and the doctor takes that child from the mother's wound and holds up and says to the child, you have an it. An it. The doctor doesn't say you have an it. The doctor looks at that child's physical makeup and says, Woo, you got a boy. Or woo, you got a girl. Because God knitted that child together in that mother's womb. Amen, Amen everybody. Amen. Watch this. So when that beautiful baby boy grows up to be about seven, eight, nine years old, who has the right to say that child is no longer a boy? Because God created a boy. Anybody that tells that child and says to that child that you are something that God did not create, that God got it wrong, is the epitome of pride. Pride is saying, God, you're wrong, I'm right. And anytime we look at a child that was created to be 
one way, a female or a male, and all of a sudden tell that child that there's something else, then we got a problem with pride, and it's called sin. We don't have a gender problem. We got a sin problem. Amen, everybody. How dare, how dare anybody take a child who does not, who is confused. And let me tell you something. With our world today, it's very easy to be confused. Amen? And so who is confused to tell them, we're going to mutilate your body and change you while you're 10 years old and you don't even know nothing. Amen, everybody? So I'm telling you, we got a sin problem. It's not a gender identity problem. There is no it's. Amen, everybody? Okay, I, I hope you can handle this because it's truth. We have a sin problem. You may be saying to yourself today, well, you may hear somebody say, you just do you. Well, let me tell you something. If you do you, you will be through. Because you is messed up. Amen, everybody. Because you wants to do the opposite of what God says to do. And when you do the opposite of what God says to do, you always hurt you. You don't hurt God when you give him the finger. You don't hurt God when you go do what you want to do. You don't go hurt God when you sleep around, when you do all those things. You don't hurt God when you drug. You don't hurt God. You hurt you. And God hates it when you hurt. So you can't do you. Because you will make you through. And so we have a sin problem. That's why Jesus said this. (laughs) Let me just say this before I move on. Sin always takes you to the mat. It always takes you to the mat. Whenever you do what God says not to do, that's called rebellion, pride, it takes you to the mat. Takes you to the mat. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what, everybody? You know what he's saying? He's saying when you say yes to God, when you, your yes to God becomes a bless. God blesses your yes when you say yes to God. Jesus is the only one who can get you off the mat and keep you off the mat. Amen, everybody? All right. John 8 and 12, look what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, notice that whoever follows me will never be walking in what? You know you can never be you if you're you're not following Jesus because he created you to be a certain way. And as long as you're running from the way that you should be, you can never be the the person that you should be. I hope you understood that because I don't know if I did. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the, what, everybody? Light of? Let me talk to you. I'm giving my life to help you find life, an opportunity for a better life. Because Jesus Christ is the only one that can change you and change your circumstances. So today, I don't want to go another moment without offering you the opportunity to receive Christ. And let me tell you, the prayer that we're about to pray is the first step. It's not the only step. There's too many people say, well, I believe in Jesus. No, there's a difference between believing in Jesus and following Jesus. Here it is, the devil. 
The devil believes in Jesus, but he doesn't follow Jesus. And, and so it makes him the devil. So if you don't follow Jesus, you're siding with the devil. There's no other way about it. Amen, everybody? So today I want to offer you the life to walk into the light and get out of the darkness. And it starts with Jesus Christ. So we're going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer. And I'm going to ask every person in this room to say it out loud. Please, everybody. We're going to support you. And God's going to hear you today if you mean it from your heart. And he's going to enter your life through his spirit and going to change you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear God. I need you. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Help me to do your will. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that just prayed that prayer? Listen, if you pray that prayer today with me, over 500 people already this year have done this and checked this box in this church. I want to challenge you today. Check the box that I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to send you something in the mail. Those of you that are watching online as well, I want to send you something in the mail. And listen, this is your first step is that prayer. The second step is that baptismal pool. Amen, everybody? So why don't you just go ahead and just check that box too and let's get baptized as well and watch what God will do in your life. Okay, what's our five words, everybody? Do good for my friend. What are they? Do good for my friend. Why, we're getting them off the mat. Here we go. So we see them now that they, they brought him before Jesus. He's been lowered down in the room. There he is. His mat's on the floor now at Jesus' feet. Look what happened. Number three is this. Celebrate what Jesus has done in your friend's life. Watch this. Now, some of the teachers of law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? Some of you right now are saying that about me. Why does he talk like that? Watch, he goes on. He, he's blaspheming. Who can forgive sin but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that, that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking this? Let me ask you something. Why are you thinking what you're thinking? Why are you warring with God in your mind? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take up your what, everybody? And walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your what, everybody? And go home. Here we go. He got up and took up his what, everybody? And walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Can you imagine being there that day? You've just seen the people he couldn't get through the crowd. They go up on the roof, dig a hole, and the man's lowered down and laying at Jesus' feet on the mat. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat and walk. Hear this man, he's half mad because they about killed him getting him down through the roof. And all of a sudden, he's laying on that mat and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Be healed and go home. And that man who has not moved his legs and who knows how long, all of a sudden gets that leg a shaking. 
And this leg starts shaking a little bit. What's going on with me? And all of a sudden, he begins to get feeling in that leg he hadn't had in a long time. And about that time, Jesus said, take up your mat and go home. His leg starts shaking, and he decides to roll over on one side. And he rolled over on one side, and when he does, the other leg comes over. Now, now he's laying on the ground on his, on his stomach. What am I going to do? My body normally doesn't work. And all of a sudden, he just tries to, tries him to pull one knee up, and he pulls a knee up, and all of a sudden, he's lifted up. Then he pulls the other knee, he's lifted up. All of a sudden, he puts a hand on the ground, and he pushes up. And now he's doing something he hasn't done in years. He's standing, but he's not used to it. So he's staggering just a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he begins to feel strength all over his body. And Jesus said, take up your mat and go home. The man reaches down and folds up that mat. And he grabs that mat, the mat that he was drug in on, that he'd been confined to his lo a long time on his life. He begins to take that mat, throws it on his shoulder. And as he's walking out the door, everybody's looking. He's letting that mat hit two or three of them in the head. <laughs> You wouldn't let me in this house. You because I had a mat. I was lying on the mat. But because I met Jesus and because he touched my life, I am no longer confined by my mat. My mat didn't define my life or confine me. I'm carrying my mat. This mat doesn't have anything on me anymore. Hallelujah. No, 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 I am a free man. I'm, look at me, look at, look at me. They were amazed. Let me ask you something. Who do you think were the first people that man wanted to see when he got out of that crowd? Those four friends. If the four friends had not drug him on the mat, to the presence of Jesus, he'd still be on the mat. Hallelujah! Let me just tell you, have you ever seen someone who was on the mat, but God delivered them and got them off the mat? I want to tell you about one of my friends. Back in the year... 2001, 2002, our son had started school. He was in about the second grade. And you know, when they get in about the second grade, they make little buddies and they want to start going to each other's house. And my kid wasn't going to anybody's house. I didn't know their mom and dad. Amen, Amen everybody. Amen. We want to check them out. <clears throat> so my friend made a little buddy by the name of Robbie. So we want to know Robbie's parents. So Ron and I met him and, you know, we invited him over to dinner just to get to know him a little bit. And that was the rudest people I ever met in my life. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you the truth? Okay. He was a little bit older than her. He was about 15 years older than her. He said, I'm from Jersey. Jersey. In Jersey, we don't like people. And I don't like you. Told me that. I don't like you. I couldn't tell him what I was thinking. <laughs> True story. 
His wife's name was Emily. She was about she was about 15 years younger than him. And you know, back in the 80s, they had those little rat tails. <laughs> Emily had her rat tail still. I said, Emily, it's 2000, baby. <laughs> I didn't say that. And so we got to know them. And again, our, our kids were friends. And, and so they began to spend the night with each other. And we would invite them to church. And she told me, she said, Jeff, I like you and Rhonda. My husband don't like you, but I like you. <laughs> but I'm not a choir girl. I don't go to church. My son is welcome to go. When he spends a night at your house, he can go with you. But I don't go. And we don't go. My friend was on the mat. And so Rhonda and I decided that we was going to tell our friends about Jesus. We wouldn't stop. We went to the door. We couldn't get in the door. So we said, we got to go through the roof, baby. And so we kept inviting them. And they had turned us down probably a hundred times. But when we, when we moved into this building, the first building that we had here, when we moved in on this property in 2003, to our surprise, Robert and Emily showed up. And they were sitting in the church. I thanked them after the service for coming. I was shocked. And after, so the next Sunday come around, and guess what? Robert Emily showed back up on the next Sunday. The next Sunday come around, they showed up the next Sunday. After four weeks, we had baptism service, and Emily gave her life to Jesus Christ, and I baptized her right there in that pool. Let me tell you something. The reason I believe in baptism today so strongly because that woman said, I got saved, but I didn't see no like real changes. But when she got in that pool and she went down in that water and she come back out, that woman was a new person. There's something about that water. Amen, everybody. The name of Jesus. She gave her life to Christ. About three months later, old Robert. Some of you know, or some of you know Robert. Grouch. He got saved and he was still a grouch. He's in heaven now. He got saved. Six months after she got saved, she said, Jeff, one Sunday after she said, I need to talk to you and Rhonda. Sure, absolutely. She said, listen, my work just made me have a, <clears throat> have a, uh, a scan for my insurance. And they found spots on my lungs. But I grew up in Ohio, and a lot of people in Ohio had that because of the fertilizer and stuff they used, so it's probably no big deal. Stage four lung cancer. The next two years, I watched somebody I watched somebody struggle and I asked God why they just was getting started and she would come in this church and she would serve with such joy the last about the last month of her life I never will forget I met her upstairs in our youth area 
And as she come and met me, she was so frail and so weak. She said, Jeff, with the breath that she can muster, she said, I want to tell you something. I said, what is it, Emily? She said, I want to tell you, thank you. Jeff, the last two years of my life have been the best I've ever lived. We've had more peace in our home. And I want to say this to you, Jeff. Thank you for you and this church because you've given me an opportunity for a better life. I'd take cancer all over again, Jeff, just to have these last two years. She got off the mat. She died. Went into heaven. Robert's in heaven now. And that little boy right now is full-time in ministry, serving as a youth pastor in Kentucky because she got off the mat. She got off the mat. Who do you know that's on the mat? Our job is we can't get them off the mat, but if we can carry them and the mat to Jesus, amen, we can get them in the presence of Jesus, it's amazing what he can do. And the reason... And the reason we're starting this extra service is so that we can make more room for you to bring your friend to get them off the mat, get them in the presence of Jesus and let him touch them and say your sins are forgiven, your body's healed, be made whole in the name of Jesus. Who is it? Who's in your life right now? Who's your friend that needs a friend to get them in the presence of Jesus? because their life is in your hands. Would you stand with me? <clears throat> I want you to think about that person right now. Who is it? Who is it needs a call from you? Needs a text message from you? Rhonda and I just moved into a new neighborhood. I'd, I'd have met all my neighbors and, and you know what? I got their phone numbers. They said, that's a weirdo down the street. I know it. It's all right, but I'm getting you off the mat. You don't know it right now, but you're going to get off the mat. And so uh, I text them that little invite card that you got. I said, we're going to have friend day, and I need a friend. I'm friendless. And I need you to bail me out. Who is it in your life? I want to pray for you now. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you right now that you would come, and you would change, and you would move. I'm asking you right now that you would touch. God, I'm asking you the people's names that are in our minds right now. It, Lord, our faith's got to have some action. Lord, faith that does no good is no good. So, Father, for every person who's thinking about that person, you give them the courage right now to go do whatever they got to do to get them in this house. That you, oh God, can set them free. There's many people that's going to walk in next Sunday, oh God, and they're going to walk in with their mats, oh Lord, lying on their mats, but Lord, spiritually, they're going to get up and carry their mat out. So I'm asking you today to do what we cannot do because the world needs Jesus. And so Lord, right now, as we begin to sing this song, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, seal it in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.